0: Well, good morning. Airplane mode. Okay. Some statistics on text messaging. This year, the average U.S. smartphone user spent 26 minutes per day. You'll see the statistics on the screen there. 26 minutes per day engaged in text messaging. 81% of Americans use text messaging. That means most of the people in this room have at some point sent a text message. The average text message open rate is 99%. So when you send a message, somebody's opening that message and worldwide, 18.7 billion text messages are sent every day. What is the most important text message That you have ever sent. Just think about that for a minute. What is the most important text message that you've ever sent to somebody? Let's go beyond that. What is the most important message that you are sharing with others? For the past couple of weeks, you've been hearing from our pastors as we've shared the mission and vision of Fellowship Church. And how we, through the vision of being a worshiping, growing, and serving church are seeking to accomplish that mission. And you hear us talk about this mission often. Our mission statement, you see up there, we exist to pervade the back mountain, the Wyoming Valley and the world with the gospel by making disciples who display the glory who by making disciples who make disciples and who display the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ in every phase of their lives. And this morning we're going to focus on pervading with the gospel that is the task that we as followers of Christ are given. It is through pervading our community and our world with the gospel that we will fulfill our purpose as Christ followers. And today we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 to see what the gospel is, the importance of sharing this message, and the biblical approach to sharing the gospel and what that looks like. So first, we need to understand, what is the gospel? Second Corinthians 5, verses 14 and 15 summarize. For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. It is only by believing in this truth that Jesus Christ died for you and was raised that you can be saved. Romans 9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So what does all of this mean? These verses tell us that Christ died for all. He died for all those who would believe he died for our sake. Meaning he died because of our sins. We are sinners. And since God is holy and because we are sinners, we fall short of his glory because we have sinned. And scripture gives us God's commands for in His standard for holy living And it also makes it clear that we do not meet his standards. Because of that, because God is just and righteous, scripture tells us that the penalty for our sin is death. And not only is physical death the consequence for our sin, but spiritual death, meaning that we all, by default, are destined for eternal punishment and separation from God. But here's the good news. God offers the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. God sent his son, Jesus, to earth to be born of a virgin, to live a holy life in perfect obedience to God the Father, and died on the cross to take the punishment for our sins. His death was the payment for our disobedience. Christ died, and he was raised three days later, to overcome sin and death, and to grant us eternal life with God. All that was for our sake. That is the good news. That is the gospel that we are called to pervade the world with. The word gospel that is used in scripture in the Greek is the word euangelion. It literally means good news, and it is where we get our English words evangelism and evangelical. We are an evangelical free church. That means that we are a church of the gospel. That is what we are about. We pervade the world with the gospel. That means that we are to evangelize, to share that good news. Christ tells his followers in Mark sixteen fifteen, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to the whole creation. We are called to do evangelism. To share the gospel, to share the good news, the good news through which all people can be saved. So today we are looking then at what it is for us to share this gospel message. We're going to look at 2 Corinthians 5 to understand the importance of making the gospel known so that we can accomplish our mission to pervade the back mountain, the Wyoming Valley, and the world with the gospel. So let's first answer this question pertaining to the importance of the gospel. Now, the crux of our our study this morning is going to be in verses 14 to 21. But if you look back and do a quick survey of verses 1 through 10, we see that God has prepared a heavenly dwelling for those who would believe the gospel. Because of this, verse 9 says that this place, heaven, is our home. And whether we are at home... Or away from the Lord here on earth. Our aim. Is to please him. Why? Look at verse 10. For we must all appear. Before the judgment seat of Christ. So that each one. May receive what is due. For what he has done in the body. Whether good or evil. Therefore knowing the fear of the Lord. We persuade others. eternity is our motivation. That is why we preach the gospel. We will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Everybody in this room will appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Everybody that you know will appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord who will decide the eternal destiny of every single person, knowing that he alone has the power to judge and that his wrath is upon all who do not believe. We must persuade others to repent and believe to prepare themselves for eternity. We also see in verse 14 that God's love, the love of Christ controls us. And this word that is used here for control means to urge or to motivate Christ's love motivates us. It is our motivation for sharing the gospel. Christ's love, his love for sinners, that love that he showed that he would die on our behalf, despite the fact that we sinned against him, that should motivate us towards sharing the gospel, towards sharing the good news with sinners, to let them know that there is salvation from the wrath to come and it is in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that we understand why, as we understand our motivation to share the gospel, let's look at how we should be preparing to share the gospel. There are thousands of books and videos and courses on evangelism techniques, resources that have been created to help train and prepare Christians on how to do evangelism and there are ways that we can relay information and relate to somebody's life circumstances and systematic ways that we can share scripture that can aid in presenting the gospel and different presentation styles different processes that we can learn and get skilled in but evangelism sharing the life-changing, eternity-defining message of Jesus Christ should not be confused with going door-to-door to sell knives. So how do we prepare to evangelize? Look at verse 15. He died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new Creation. Those who are saved have a new life in Jesus Christ. We are saved for Him. Our lives belong to Him. So we are to live for Him. Evangelism is not just telling people about the Lord who died for them, it is a lifestyle. A new life in Christ prepares us to share the gospel. Konstantin Stanislavsky was a Russian theater expert in the early part of the 20th century, 1920s. He was widely recognized as an outstanding character actor. And he had the reputation as being one of the leading theater directors of his generation but he is most famous for his system of actor training, preparation and rehearsal technique. And that system today is known as method acting. Method acting is a technique in which an actor aspires to complete emotional identification with the part that they are playing. Many actors have done this well and have received awards as a result of subscribing to this system. One such actor is Forrest Whitaker. In the film, The Last King of Scotland, Forrest Whitaker played deposed Ugandan dictator, Edie Ammon. To prepare for that role, he learned Swahili, and he ate nothing but bananas and beans. He even stayed in character off set when the camera was not rolling. He won an Academy Award for that role. This is the kind of devotion that we as Christ followers should have as we follow Christ in method acting. The performer fully identifies with the character that they are depicting to portray the person in the most truthful and authentic way possible. Our method, our approach to evangelism must include a life that imitates Christ along with the message of hope. The two cannot be separated If you have been saved, you must preach the gospel and how we prepare to preach the gospel is by living a life that gives evidence of the hope that we have in that message. When you are born again, your life belongs to Christ. So you should be like a method act or better yet, a method evangelist. Constantly studying scripture to understand his character, desiring communion with God and praying seeking to be filled with the spirit so that you can display patience and compassion and kindness, looking for opportunities to fellowship with other believers. And as we do those things, we will grow and be more like him and imitate him in a way that demonstrates an authentic change has taken place in our lives. That there is a hope for something greater than what this world has to offer. Look again at our mission statement. We are to pervade the back mountain, the Wyoming Valley and the world with the gospel. The end goal of that mission is that those who receive the gospel will glorify the Lord Jesus Christ in every phase of their lives. That is the goal for all disciples to glorify him with our lives. So we cannot separate the message of the gospel from living a life that glorifies Christ. It is God's design that the two be connected. Evangelism must include both a message and a witness of a changed life. How we live based in response to hope of the gospel will present opportunities to present the message. The testimony of a changed life through Jesus Christ. Live by faith in the resurrection each moment. It's really one of the best icebreakers to present the gospel to someone. There are several outreach ministries that take place through our church. And even though some of them are not designed to be evangelistic through our actions, people are asking about Jesus. They are asking how to be saved. We see people coming to the church each week to get food and they're sharing their needs. They're telling us about family members who need prayer. And through the love of Christ that they experience, which is demonstrated by our team that serves, they are being cared for, they are being loved, they are being listened to and prayed for. And through that, they are being drawn closer to God. And through the love that we demonstrate, and because of the faith that we live out, that our team lives out each week serving in our food pantry, people are asking how to be saved. And on Tuesday night, we'll share more testimonies like that at our congregational meeting. Because that's what's happening through our ministries here. You all, as as believers who are living out your faith, it is giving our church opportunities to share the gospel, to do what it is that we say we seek to do through our mission statement. A life of faith is the evidence of the hope that we have. So we must be disciplined to live out our faith daily. Regardless of our circumstances, because our lifestyle will reinforce that message. So who is this lifestyle referring to? Who was supposed to live like this? Who is called really, to evangelize? Verse 18: "All this is from God, who through Christ, reconciled us to Himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation." To reconcile, that word reconcile means to restore to friendship. Because of our sin, we were enemies of God. Christ made peace with God on our behalf at the cross. And he was resurrected to a new life, giving us a righteous standing before God. So that we can be reconciled to him. And Paul writes, all this is from God. What is all this that is from God? Christ's death is from God. Christ's resurrection is from God. The new life that we experience in Christ is from God. All these things are from God. Evangelism, the work that we are called to do, is from God. It is God's ministry. It is God's mission. And so we need to recognize that bringing the gospel to the lost, first and foremost, is God's mission. That is what he calls us to do. The good news of Christ's death and resurrection is from God. It is all from God who through the offering of his son reconciled us. God reconciled us at his own expense. So the salvation of sinners is something that takes place on God's terms. And that is why we cannot add to the gospel. We cannot say, if you didn't say this prayer then you're not really saved. If you don't have the date written right there in the front of your Bible, you're not really saved. If you don't exercise this certain spiritual gift, then you haven't really been saved. We can't do that. When we do, we are saying that the simplicity of the gospel is not enough, that there is something that is more better and more complete than the gospel That we are called to preach. That there is a better way for people to be saved. Than what scripture tells us. As if God doesn't know what he's doing. There is no way. That there is a more perfect and complete. Means for salvation. Than simply believing the truth. That God sent his son. To be a sinless sacrifice. For sinful humanity. That is enough. For us. To believe in him. So we are not the ones who are saving people because it doesn't happen on our terms. It happens on God's terms. It is his ministry that he, through Christ, reconciled us to himself for. This ministry is why we have been reconciled. Look again at verse 18. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So who is the ministry of reconciliation for? Who is called to evangelize? Those who have been reconciled. Have you been reconciled to God? An amen or something? Bob, there you are. If you have been reconciled to God, then the ministry of reconciliation is for you. He reconciled us. He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Sharing the gospel is for all believers. Evangelism is not something that is just reserved for a few people. It is not something that just pastors are called to do. Consider Stephen's message a couple of weeks ago. There are many parts of the body, each one having different roles and functions and gifts that make up the body, that when we work together using our gifts and our talents and skills and abilities, God will build up his church. And some may say, I don't have this gift that doesn't make them any less part of the church. I don't have these skills. I don't have the type of personality that can really do evangelism. But all believers, if you're part of the church, all believers are called to do evangelism. We are all called to evangelize. Just like discipleship and encouragement and prayer. Even though you might not have the giftedness that someone else in the body has. You are still called to do those things. You are still saved, reconciled through Christ. So therefore, you are called to participate in evangelism, which is the ministry of reconciliation. And this word ministry that we see here in the Greek, it is the word diakonia. It's where we get our word deacon. And it carries the connotation of serving as a servant would wait on a table. We seek to be a serving body of believers to serve Christ and his church to serve the community and to serve the world for the glory of God. And we are called to serve him through the ministry of reconciliation. And we all have as believers, different spiritual gifts that God has given us. He has given us these gifts to serve him with whatever that gift is that he has given you. It is meant to be used for the purpose Of fulfilling the ministry of reconciliation to bring the good news to the lost. You don't have to have the gift of evangelism or the gift of teaching. If you have the gift of hospitality, serving, praying, God wants to use those gifts in the ministry of reconciliation to bring the good news to the lost. But even though we are the ones that are serving, again, we need to understand. We are not the ones who do the reconciling. Again, this is all from God. He is the reconciler. We don't save people. God does that. Our role is to serve. God's role is to save. We serve him by sharing the message the message of reconciliation. So let's look at this message because as we are preparing to go out into the world to share the gospel, some of us might be thinking, I don't really know what to say when I encounter someone who needs to hear the gospel. So what do we say? In verse 19, Paul elaborates on this mission, on this ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. He entrusted us to this message of reconciliation. God reconciled the world to himself, meaning that that he offers salvation to all people without distinction, Consider that as you're sharing the gospel because the gospel is for all people. He did this. It says not counting their trespasses against them. So we have God reconciling the world. Why do we need to be reconciled? Because we have trespassed against God. What does that mean that we have trespassed against God. We have sinned. We have sinned against God. So when we ask, what do we need to tell them? We need to tell people you are a sinner. We cannot do gospel ministry. We cannot be evangelicals. If we don't talk about sin, it is key to sharing the good news without sin. There is no gospel. There is no need for Christ's death if sin is not part of the equation. And we have no reason to be ashamed of this gospel, to be timid. It may be uncomfortable for, for some of us because no one likes to be told that they're a sinner. And no one really likes to tell people that they're a sinner. Well, Some of you do. Some of you are okay with that. Maybe it's just because you're better at it than the rest of us. But sinning is not a contest. We, we want to be liked. We don't want to offend people. We want them to see the, the love of Christ in us and know about him. But we don't want to tell them that what they are doing is a sin or, or that they are a sinner in need of reconciliation God's love cannot be fully realized if we aren't talking about sin. So we have to share the full gospel, the full truth of the gospel, because it is the power of God for salvation. Tim Challies says it this way. I love this quote. When we evangelize, we share this message in all its offense for in the offense of the gospel, there is power. When we remove the offense, we remove the power. We cannot settle for just living out the gospel and never telling anyone that they're a sinner. Now, we certainly have to have discernment and be tactful in our approach, but we must talk about sin. Because by talking about sin, we get to talk about how God offers forgiveness for sin through his son, Jesus Christ. That is the message of reconciliation for which we are saved because the good news here again, is that he did not count our trespasses against us, which means what he offers forgiveness. God's forgiveness of sin is the means of reconciliation. So we need to tell others, what do we say? We need to tell them that God offers forgiveness God is good. And we are sinners who deserve punishment. We cannot spend eternity with God because of our sin. That is a problem. Jesus Christ is the solution. He took our punishment so that we could be forgiven of sin. That is the message that God has entrusted to us. Look at verse 21. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. So that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. What do we need to tell them? Jesus died for sinners. He took our punishment. He died for our sake because we are sinners. God made him who knew no sin. He who lived a perfect sinless life be sin. God treated his only son as if he were a sinner. He became the object of God's wrath for our sake. So that you could be made righteous and be reconciled to God. He took the punishment and died in your place. But he did not stay dead. The hope of salvation is that Jesus rose again. What do we need to tell them? Jesus rose again. Verse 14 For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this that one died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died. And was raised. Jesus died and rose again. For the sake. Of God's people. Therefore. Be reconciled to God. That is the message. And so we persuade people. To be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. Repent and believe. Who needs to be reconciled? All people. Why be reconciled? Because we are sinners who have offended a righteous and just God. How can we be reconciled? Only through Jesus Christ. Repent, turn from your sin, and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. These are the essentials of sharing the gospel. These are the things that we need to tell them when we share the gospel. It's a simple message. But of all the messages that you will share in your life. This is the most important one. Every believer is responsible to share this message. We have been reconciled to take part in delivering this urgent appeal to unbelievers. That is what God has entrusted us with. That is why he gave us this new life. And there is no greater privilege than that we get to share that good news. That is the message for which we are ambassadors. Look at verse 20. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. We are ambassadors for Christ. What is an ambassador? An ambassador is a diplomatic official of the highest rank or uh, an accredited representative in residence by one government to another. An ambassador is a diplomatic official heading his or her country's permanent mission to certain international organizations. An ambassador is an authorized messenger or representative. And you think back to the beginning of the chapter, verses 1 through 9. Our home, as believers, our home is in heaven. God reconciled us to be ambassadors of heaven. While we are here on this earth, we have a mission to be his representatives. We are reconciled in order to live out and to tell his message to those who need to see and hear it. We are ambassadors of heaven. Representatives in residence sent from the kingdom of heaven into the kingdom of darkness. We have been given his permanent mission As authorized messengers to bring this appeal to unbelievers be reconciled to God. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. The word implore means to make an urgent request. And it is God's appeal. An appeal is an earnest plea. So we're making an urgent, earnest plea. And notice, it is God's appeal. He makes it through us. We are just the messengers. It is God's message. It is God's ministry. So salvation is between those who hear the message and God. As believers, we are his messengers. And it is with this gospel message that we are called to pervade the back mountain, the Wyoming Valley and the world with the gospel to be part of this church, to be part of fellowship church means that you are committing to doing that with us. And over the course of this year, you'll be hearing more about opportunities that we as a church will be giving you to be equipped in intentionally sharing the gospel because I know that there are people right now that you're thinking about that God has laid on your heart to deliver the gospel message to. Who in your life needs to hear the good news? By continuing to be part of this worshiping, growing, serving church, it is our hope that God is using our ministries to encourage you and to prepare you to share this message. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the gospel. We thank you that despite the fact that we have offended you, that we have sinned against the Holy God, you loved us enough to send your only son to die on our behalf. And that through his resurrection, We have a new life in Christ. In the life that we now live, we live for him. And we know that in this world, unexpected things happen all the time. We don't know what tomorrow brings. We don't know what the next minute brings. Because of that, give us a sense of urgency to bring the message of hope to the lost. You have entrusted us with this message of reconciliation. It is for this purpose that you have saved us so that we can tell others the good news of Christ to let them know that there is hope for this life and for eternity. Let us commit our lives from this moment on to the service of you, God our Father that we can proclaim that truth that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior to the ends of the earth. We pray these things in his name. Amen.